This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal News Show, the show in which we keep you guys up to date with all of the latest Arsenal transfer news, match day news, injury news, crazy news. And that's what we've got today. Plenty of stuff to talk about. Plenty of things to get our teeth sunk into. Before we do, please make sure you drop a like on today's video and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here with those notifications turned on. And make sure that you never miss a show. You can also help support the channel by becoming a member by clicking that join button or going into the link in the description, which will take you to the members page. You can then access our Discord server and lots more goodies as well. Uh, and also, the last thing is that today is the day that we launch officially the Arsenal Way, which I'm very much looking forward to showing everybody. Myself and colleagues over at Reach will be producing daily Arsenal video content, including news shows, podcasts, reaction shows, Arsenal real-life videos, the press conference, Arteta's press conference will be going up on the channel. You'll be able to watch that over on there pretty sure before almost anyone else so if you want if you like that stuff you like watching Arteta's press conferences from like the journalist perspective you're going to be able to to do that on the channel as well lots of exciting stuff coming I'm actually going to be doing some filming later on today uh with Bailey uh and doing some actual football uh believe it or not you get to see how bad I am that'll be out probably around next week time looking forward though to to the launch if you have not yet subscribed what the hell are you doing there is so many of you that have helped support the channel already it's actually crazy i mean just looking on the channel now there is 741 subscribers and we're still yet to post our first video that's insane so if you still want to be part of that og 1000 then make sure you click the link in the description it'll take you to today's video which is scheduled to be live at 9 30 so in an hour and a half's time so make sure that you tune in for that and then later on today Arteta's press conference should also be going up on the channel too. Anyway let's crack on though with today's news and we start with Max Ahrens talking about Arsenal's win over Norwich on the weekend saying that you could tell Arsenal were under pressure you could feel it 
from the fans. They were a bit tense. The players were a bit tense. You could feel it in the stadium. Going there as Norwich, we felt we could get something out of the game. And it was frustrating not to, to be honest. Max Aarons, of course, part of that Norwich side that lost 1-0 to Arsenal on Saturday. And it was a game in which you felt that Norwich definitely could have got something. Right at the end, Timo Pukki had a great chance. It was a good header in the first half as well. They did create a few chances, but if we're being real, Arsenal did dominate the game. 30 shots, 7 on target. Need to be more clinical Arsenal for sure, but they were by far worthy winners of the match and did not deserve to come away with anything less than a win in that game. So maybe a bit of salt from Max Aarons. I'm fine with opposition players being a little bit salty. It means that Arsenal must be doing the right thing. Moving then on to our next story, and Jules Kunda has again been linked with a move to Arsenal. Of course, we know that the fact that Arsenal were interested in him earlier in the window, Edu really pushed for for this signing at the start of the window but it turned out that without Champions League football Arsenal really never had a chance and it feels like that would be the same if we were going into next season Arsenal would need Champions League football to have any hope of securing the signing of Jules Kunda from Sevilla it seems like Monchi would only ever accept the release clause in his contract which is set at around 70 million euros it's an incredibly high amount as well so it is unlikely that we would see Arsenal go for Jules Kunda. I also think it's a weird link considering William Saliba would be returning next season. If anything, it's another sign that Saliba maybe does not have a future at Arsenal, which I would find really strange. Surely you've got the opportunity to bring Saliba back into the fold. I also think that with how Ben White is going to be starting most of Arsenal's games this season, Rob Holding may be a player that Arsenal look to move on either in January or in the summer for a sizable th- fee. You have to remember a 26, 27-year-old centre-back, England, uh, not international, but certainly homegrown and has that thing about him. So certainly we would be able to get a decent fee, in my opinion, for Rob Holding on a long-term deal and bring Saliba back into the fold. I really don't understand the links to these centre-backs right now. They don't make too much sense, but they're there. Now, Bakaya Saka, uh, we had a great discussion yesterday um, around kind of whether or not we should stay, we should keep Bakaya Saka or if, say, a big bid of £100 million plus came in for Saka that we should sell. I am very much on the side of there is no need to sell Bakaya Saka, even if a £100 million pound bid ever came in for Bakaya We don't need to. We don't need the money. I know it sounds silly and you might think, hold on, Arsenal haven't sold anyone recently. But it's true. Like We don't actually need to sell Bakayo Saka in the grand scheme of things. You think we spent £150 million this summer. We sold Joe Willett for £25 million. We're going to get money in for, for Genduzi that's going, for Mavropanos that's going on loan, obviously, with those obligations to buy. Lucas Torreira could also earn us a pretty penny with the option to buy on his contract with Fiorentina. Hector Bellerin's future is still uncertain, but he should be playing week in, week out for Real Betis and maybe could garner a decent fee, even though he'll only have a year left on his deal in the summer of next year. You've got Kalasinac's situation still to sort out. Lacazette's wages are going to probably be gone and Ketia's wages and he's going to be gone maybe January, maybe full-time. Reese Nelson could go next summer. Uh, Rob Holding, as I've mentioned, could also go. Ainsley Maitland-Niles could go. There is money to be made in those players that are surplus to requirements. And in my opinion, Arsenal, if they were to say sign a world-class striker and a world-class centre-mid next summer, 
you look at that side, and I think there's some real potential. I think Leno is another player that could go for a decent fee. You bring in, say, a backup goalkeeper on the cheap, a, a Fraser Forster for absolutely nothing next summer. Why not try and do that? And suddenly you're in a situation where you look at the team, a lot of youth, a year older, a year more Premier League experience and development, plus two top-class players in centre midfield to add to Partey and Lekonga. And, of course, um, you've got, say, a, a striker that comes in to replace Lacazette that would compete and maybe even overtake Aubameyang next season. And I genuinely think that you've got the foundations of a really strong squad to compete for our targets next season. I don't know why we would sell Saka. It just creates more work for us to do to replace him admirably. I mean, there's players out there, arguably, that you could go for in a wider position. A Serge Gnabry back from Bayern Munich with a year left on his deal. But to sell Saka does not make any sense when we don't need that money and there are other players we can move on and we'll have revenue again next summer. And we only, in my opinion, need to look at two key positions in the summer 2022 window, and we need to go big on transformative world-class players. So selling him, no chance. Absolutely no chance. Now, one of the most intriguing stories of the day has been the Leno and Ramsdale situation. Now, Bills uh, reported the German outlet that supposedly Mikel Arteta has promised Leno that he will return in two weeks and therefore for the North London derby. One of the strangest stories I've honestly ever seen um, suggests that the goalkeeper has been promised a certain game that he will return and that it's not a case of two players competing for their positions. I just find ultimately very strange. Why would Arteta have promised this to the goalkeeper that has now been ousted from the number one position? What does that say to Ramsdale, you've come in, you've earned your place, you've played two games, you've played well in both of those games, you've made a difference with your distribution. Why on earth would you turn around and go, hold on a second, I've earned my number one spot. Why are you promising another goalkeeper? We have to take this story of a pinch of salt, absolutely. And we're going to be discussing it in a lot more detail on the Arsenal way a little bit later on. So do make sure you click that link in the description to go join us. Me, Bailey and Chris will be talking about this in a lot more detail at 9.30am. So make sure you do click that link in the description. It's just strange. It's just such a strange story. And to be honest, if it turns out to have any element of truth, and we do see, say, if Ramsdale has a good game against Burnley and then against Spurs, we decide to bring Leno back in, that would be such a just undermining his own authority, undermining the own respect that he builds in the group. You don't give players games for the sake of giving them games in the Premier League. You just don't do that. So you can all try and play happy families, but it doesn't work that way in football. The players that play are the players that deserve to play. I just find it absolutely bizarre. We're going to get a lot of your thoughts, theories and comments and questions about this story in just a second. But before we do, let's go on to two last things. Well, one last thing, really. Uh, yesterday, uh, well, not even yesterday. Actually, was it yesterday? I think it might have been. I think it might have been the day before yesterday this article went live on football.london um, when I wrote a piece about Martin Erdegaard showing kind of the, the pressing of his game and why Arteta chose to sign him as one of the like, kind of just suggesting a reason behind why he dropped Meza Ozil and why Meza Ozil was ousted from the squad and eventually, you know, got rid of and Martin Odegaard was brought in. Now, you probably know this by now. As soon as you say anything bad about Meza Ozil, the cult following that he has garnered have completely, no, not his fault. He doesn't do it. It's just happened. Um, the 
the incredible amount of kind of organized attack towards my personal profile yesterday was I've never quite experienced anything like it. It was a bit of a humbling experience, but not one that certainly deters me in any way from writing any differently or not writing anything critical about a player. And it certainly won't change the way I produce content in video or written form. But I just wanted to say to not focus on that, but actually take some of my own advice and focus on the positives. And that's certainly what came out yesterday because the, the replies, the supportive messages that came in with the wake of that targeted organized abuse onto that article and onto me was unreal so thank you to everyone that did send very nice messages i had some amazing people send me some some direct messages chris wheatley in particular i really appreciate the tweet and publicizing the article as well kaya kainak casey uh james and, and jay and everyone that sent in messages chris and, and, and tom too uh, really appreciate that. A lot of my colleagues have my back and I really appreciate that. And a lot of you guys that watch the show and read the articles and, and you know, just interact on Twitter, a lot of you showed support um, there too. So genuinely, really appreciate that. And uh, we move on and that won't be changing anything. And if you haven't read the article, go and read the article because it's actually quite interesting to find out about how Erdogan is pressing in that game against Norwich and how and why that has led to Mikel Arteta choosing to go for a player like him and then removing someone like Mesut Ozil that doesn't necessarily press in the same way. Uh, as I said already, if you haven't subscribed to the Arsenal Way, please do. Link is in the description for today's show at 9.30am. Make sure you tune in and you become one of our first uh, TAW 1000, that is what it is going to be, uh, the TAW 1000, the Tour 1000 uh, is if you want to be part of that and keep a note of which number subscriber you were and even if you don't join our first thousand, you can keep a note of what subscriber you were, add it to your Twitter bios, add it to your tweets, tweet it out, I am hashtag the Arsenal way subscriber number this whatever you are. Maybe you were number one. Incredible scenes if you managed to be the number one subscriber on the channel. But if you are in our first 1,000, thank you ever so much for the support. First show, as I say, out 9.30 a.m. UK time today. More discussion about Leno. Speaking of which, let's get plenty of your thoughts, your theories, your questions in the chat box. Let's go to Jasha, who says, Tom, is Saka only on 30 grand per week? If so, we need to sign him up to a better and longer deal, especially as his agents have recently been involved in protracted talks with three of our other players. You can imagine that that contract is going to see an extension. Arsenal consider him, as they say, untouchable. They'll be looking to increase that wage as soon as possible because there are clubs like Manchester City and Chelsea that will look to spend hundreds of thousand pounds per week on a contract for Bakaya Saka. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind. People forget the fact that he's only 20 years old as well. Like, I think I've seen some things about him being overrated. He's 20. Like, he's 20. Let's let's get a bit real about this. It's unbelievable what he's done for the age that he is, what he's doing on the Premier League stage and on the international stage too. Let's get real. Nikhil says, Tom, could you see Serge Gnabry back at Arsenal, given that he's not happy at Bayern? Absolutely. If that was a route that we wanted to sign someone in a wider position that can also play centrally, I think Serge Gnabry is an absolutely fine option for the club to go for. Uh, MFB says, what happens if Arteta really does start Leno? Absolute meltdown, MFB. <laughs> Absolute meltdown. I can't see anything other than the Arsenal fans losing their minds over that. 
So, you know, watch this space, that is for sure. Uh, Arsenal Legend says, Morning, Tom. Hope you're well. Ramsdale is more comfortable on the ball regarding his distribution. However, his shot-stopping ability is a cause for concern as it was the worst last season. Uh, Arsenal Legends, I am well. Thank you ever so much for asking. Secondly, I think you're actually slightly off on the shot stopping if you look at the expected conceded goals of Ramsdale and Leno last year Leno was conceding ever so ever so slightly under um so yeah ever so slightly under what he was expected to Ramsdale was pretty much dead on conceding what he's expected to the difference between the two shot stopping is actually exceptionally low like there is barely a difference between the two but because Ramsdale's distribution is so much greater he just is, and younger as well as a player, he's got so much more improvement to get from his game too, that I'm going to be interested to see kind of the XCG of Ramsdale throughout the season. But two games, two clean sheets, you can't say anything more than that. Uh, Aditya, I just missed your comment. No, where is it? I'll find it. Don't mention Ozil, mate. Still understand the vitriolic nature of the fan base, which loves a player which no longer is associated with the club. Me, I, I don't. I really struggle with it, to be honest, that people are willing to throw abuse towards a fellow Arsenal fan for writing an article that was just about Odegaard's pressing. That's all that the piece was about. That's why I was so confused as to why I was being utterly targeted and being called every single name under the sun. But it was a piece about Odegaard's pressing and how that's the reason why Arteta would prefer to choose Odegaard. Nothing to do with... It wasn't me saying that Erdogan's better than Ozil or Ozil's worse than Erdogan. I don't think they are. I don't think you could categorically say at all that Erdogan is better than Ozil as a player. It's just not true right now. But any little thing, some very sensitive people um, are out there. Stephen Foote says, I think the Leno situation is a spurious attempt to unsettle the team, in my opinion. What are your thoughts? I mean, you never know. Well, you never know, Stephen. I'd hope that it isn't. I'd really hope that it's not. I saw some things about possible... Um, I saw some things about the... What is it? Um, the, the A possible bust-up in training, but I never saw anything like that. I, I saw, we saw the clips and stuff, but I've not heard anything along those lines about a bust-up in training. Absolutely no idea. Uh, Venkatesh says, Tom, is the big uh, the big reason, or is it a big sorry season for Pepe? Could you see fans turning up on him if he doesn't have the season of what we expect of him? Do you see him as a long-term or is he running out of time? Look, Nicolas Pepe's £72 million fee is always going to be associated with him. It is inescapable. You cannot get away from the figure that Arsenal paid. It's not Pepe's fault. It's completely Raul Sanyehi where that falls to, but he's no longer at the club. So there's no more kind of, you know, the accountability of that deal has been removed. So it's now all on Pepe to just perform and do what he can. I thought he was brilliant against Norwich. I thought he was lively. I thought he made stuff happen. Yes, his first touch wasn't the best in many scenarios. But I thought he was genuinely trying to really get something for the club. And in the end, it was his tenacity, his drive, his commitment that got us the ball across the box to find uh, Aubameyang for the goal. And for that, you only have to say praising of the guy. John says, the idea of promising Leno a start is just the same thing as his treatment of Xhaka. It's self-inflicted BS from Arteta that is ridiculous. If it's true, John, that is obviously the, the caveat. If it's true, if and only it's true. Uh, Ish says, who is the world-class striker you would go for? It's a great question because there's not loads out there. It's the thing about you going for over a world-class, what you would consider world-class. If you think about what world-class strikers are there at the moment, I mean, list them. Lewandowski, Lukaku, Holland, Ronaldo, I suppose, right now, um, Mbappe, 
world-class uh, that guy down the road. You probably have to put him in that category as well. I'm not sure Vlerovic is world-class yet. Definitely has the potential. I'm not sure that Lautaro Martinez is world-class yet. Possibly has the potential. Um, trying to think. Benzema, world-class striker. Uh, Suarez, Atletico Madrid. But there isn't loads. There's really not loads of world-class strikers out there, to be honest. And so Arsenal, whilst they should target as high as they can... I think they need to target someone that's got the potential to be a world-class player in a division. I really like Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I think that he has the, the quality and the potential to become, and, and you know, to become eventually England's number one striker. And you never know, maybe Arsenal's. Vlerovic, as I said, has got the opportunity to possibly develop into one of the best strikers in the world. You've then got players like, um, I'm going into Spain now, and I'm thinking of Alexander Rizak, but he's still very young. And so 21-year-old, do we want to add another 21-year-old to the team? I'm not sure that's the right player for the balance of the squad. Um, it's a really difficult one to find strikers at the moment. Um, but you may have to choose someone that has the potential to be a really kind of high, frequent goal scorer, a Calvert-Lewin, a Yusuf Naziri, these types of strikers. Maybe that's what we need to look for. Uh, let's scroll up and go to Chilongu, who says, uh, aside from Lataro, who are the five most value <laughs> viable striker targets? I mean, there you go. I suppose the five most viable, it's a really tough question to ask me off the top of my head, striking targets. I mean, viable. If Arsenal was getting to the Champions League, and I mean, you've got Haaland's situation with his um, with his buyout clause. It's always that dream scenario. You go, he's got a accessible buyout clause. If Arsenal performed a miracle and got into the Champions League, I, if I was Arsenal, I'd be like, look, Haaland, we'll pay you whatever you like. <laughs> we'll pay you whatever you want because that's just, uh, why would you not? Why would you not throw your hat into the ring? I know it sounds ridiculous and fanciful, but a buyout clause of that level, it would be, in my opinion, silly not to to not throw your hat into the ring and let him pick. But at least, I mean, if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the raffle sort of thing. Um, but viable options, as I say, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I think you can get if you get into Europe and you're willing to pay a big fee for him. Um, I think you look at a Yusuf Naziri from Sevilla as a genuinely really good target. Uh, you could look and see how Boadu gets on a, I think he's now at Monaco. Uh, let me just have a look. He's still quite young. He's twenty. He's twenties. I mean, it's probably not the best profile to go for, to be honest. Um, who else is there out there? You surely chat box. You can help me out with some strikers that you think are viable. Vlovic is a, a for me is a really good prospect. Aditya says DCO is too expensive. I mean, if you've got the money, what's too expensive? That's that's the difference. Is if you've got the money to pay. What is too expensive? Um, it's, it's a really tough one. Uh, and Kunku is a really odd one. Obviously, I know he scored a hat trick last night. So that's obviously going to really raise his profile. I'm really annoyed that, I mean, we really let uh, Andre Silva go to RB Leipzig. And I thought that 20 odd million quid was a really good move that Arsenal missed out on. We really could have, you know, we really could have pushed for something there. And we missed out on that one, to be honest. So Andre Silva in his mid 20s. Really good top goal scorer, someone that we could have gone for. Antonio's just a bit too old. Um, I think he's now over 30. Bamford's a weird choice. Again, I I would like to see how he gets on this season, and we will see how he gets on. He's had one season in the Premier League. I think he got, what, 16-ish goals last year. He's an, he's an unpopular uh, choice. He's not going to be the most popular pick. 
But uh, that's that's certainly an interesting one. Patrick Schick had a really good Euros, but wasn't amazing last season um, for, I want to say, Leverkusen. Um, and I know he scored against Dortmund the other day, but we'll see how he gets on. Maybe someone to, to keep your eye on. Oli Watkins, Luka Jovic, Veghorst. Veghorst I'm not keen on. Uh, 2-1 dimensional. Don't think he would fit into what we would want to try and play like in the future. <laughs> yeah, Lukaku, you're dreaming, Ronit. Um, Benzema, wink, wink. Yeah, we you know we missed the boat. We missed the boat. Uh, Claudia says, uh, Ajok, who plays for Strasbourg, um, not sure how old he is, but I know that one of our members actually brought him up on a previous show. I think even, who was it who brought him up? I can't remember, but someone definitely did. Um, Martinez was the dream. Tammy Abraham, still certainly one that I don't think people should write off necessarily. Uh, Danny Ings would have been a good backup distribution hold up players better than what we have. Injury record is would have put me off. Marcus Turam says, Aji, that there are options. Maybe it's one for an article uh, when I've done a little bit more research. But it's a position on the pitch in which I feel Arsenal need to target in 2022 with a top quality, frequent, clinical goal scorer that's not one-dimensional, that's good in the air as well, an all-round, jack-of-all-trades, master of most of them. That's what I would be looking for in the summer of 2022. Anyway, I'm going to round the show off there. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Link in the description to the 9.30am show today on the Arsenal Way. Make sure you come over, subscribe if you haven't already, and tune in for daily Arsenal content over with my colleagues from Reach working closely with the guys at football.london and a lot more as well. Some really exciting stuff. Arteta's press conference will also be hopefully up on there today as well. I don't mean a reaction to it. I mean the actual the actual press conference will be going live up on the channel. So make sure that you go and subscribe if you haven't already. See you soon. Have a fantastic day and I will see you very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.